Buongiorno. My name is Jim Campanini, and I'm the co-host of the Gratefully Yours uh, Wine Podcast, which we're, with uh, my co-host here, the wine novice and wine. No, you're the wine butler. I'm the I wine know. novice. Okay, the wine butler, Michael Pigeon. How you doing, Mike? Very good, thank you. Yeah, happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Yes, and uh, we're shooting today's show from uh, the inside Lowell.com studios in downtown Lowell. We've got our producer, Teddy Painos. How you doing, Teddy? Doing well, guys. He's got a beautiful green shirt on uh, for honoring uh, St. Patrick's Day. Is this green? This is green, right? Blue, green. Teal. Teal? Teal. Teal. Well, it's the closest I've got. But i got my Mickey Ward hat on. Oh, right? that makes sure Irish, Irish Mickey can Ward, be. okay? So, so that, uh, that works. So today, um, we're going to talk about some interesting uh, wines. And because this is the season of Lent, which, of which uh, Catholics and Christians around the world, uh, um, you know, observe the 40-day Lenten period that leads up to Easter. And then you have uh, Greek Easter after that. Um, you know, the, the past couple of years, I've been doing a column on Lenten wines. What are good wines to, to drink during uh, Lent, especially white wines that uh, come into play on Fridays during Lent when, when uh, Catholics uh, under the, um, you know, the observances, the relig religious observance are supposed to abstain from meat. Okay, so um, so. Uh, white wines are good because a lot of people eat fish or, or, or pasta and fish dishes and stuff. And um, so I've, I've come into, uh, you know, to really um, uh, get down into weeds on these, these uh, they call them archaeological uh, wines from Italy. Why archaeological? Because they they come from around the volcano area in Campania, uh, Mount Vesuvius, and uh, we've got one that is just so. It's got a great story, a great history, a great uh, um, uh, culture to go with it, and we're gonna uh, talk about it and 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 taste it. Uh, the wine is called Lacrima di Cristi del Vesuvio. That's right. So here it is right here, Lacrima Christi del Vesuvio. Lacrima Christi means the tears of Christ. Oh, what better wine bottle to put on your table, huh, Mike, on for Easter or something? And, you know, and, and, and the tears of Christ. So um, it, it's, a, it's, it's a white wine, but the, the, the story behind it, the grape is Coda di Volpi. Okay, and uh, that's that's translated into white foxtail. It's a very rare grape that almost went extinct, and um, uh, it, they they call it that way because in the area of Vesuvius, where these vines grow, um, the cluster of grapes is shaped like a fox's tail. Hmm. So they they it get named the grape. The cluster looked like a fox's tail, and they called it Cota di Volpi. And uh, so that is the grape that is used. Now, it only grows in this area of the volcanic ash and pumice. That's where it does well. And it's recognized in the Italian uh, wine law as being the zone, the historic zone for the Lacrima di Cristi, um, um, Lacrima Cristi uh, uh, wine. 
And there's also a red wine, which we'll taste and talk about yesterday from, uh, later about another, uh, another um, um, uh, rare ancient, ancient grape. So a rare grape, that means it's not... It must be expensive to put make a bottle of wine if it's rare. Well, it's it's a unless, no, it's, unless it's not in demand. But. Uh, no, it's a native grape, native to Italy in this area, and uh, it's an it's an interesting point you make because both the the white grape Cota de Volpi and the red grape Pidroso, um, <clears throat> no one's ever really tried to grow the money place yeah. else. Yeah. I mean, they, they they thrive in this climate. Okay, which is you know Campania, the East Coast uh, it, uh, faces the Mediterranean uh, Sea there, the Ionian Sea, and and uh, you get those sea breezes, but that that uh, that uh, uh, you know the soil is heavily laden with that volcanic ash because mm -hmm. the uh, Mount of Vesuvio is still active, yep. Yep. you know, just like uh, Etna in Sicily. So let's let's taste a little. Let's taste a little of the the wine here first, and you want to hear your uh, recommendations. So we'll talk now. Now these wines that we're talking about, um, you know, they're very good with with uh, seafood uh, fish dishes. This, uh, when you read up on the history of it, uh, the Italians put in all kinds of pasta dishes with clams, mussels, cuttlefish. Have you ever had cuttlefish? That's a white fish, I think. That I found out uh, squid. Uh, you know, they put squid in the pasta and everything. A little, almost bittersweet. It's, it's nice. It's a little, not a strong sweetness. But mm. You can see the, uh, this is Sorrentino's. This is made from organic grapes, 100% organic grapes. It's got a golden hue to it, the color. Very much so. It's... Uh, uh, mildly fragrant. It's not an overly fragrant, uh, fragrant right. wine. But um, when I saw how gold it was, it reminds me of a dessert wine. But it's not. It's a drinking wine for food. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. very gold. It's got a little. Uh, it's, it, it definitely picks up that uh, mineral quality. Mm -hmm. You get a little saltiness in it, mm -hmm. and, and and once again, you know the uh, what happens a, a lot in uh, in Italy, the coastlines, both east and west. And I'm sorry, I said Campania. The, the 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 it was the it's the west coast. Campania's on the west coast. Goes all the way down to the the to the the boot of 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 Italy. And what happens? They get that sea effect, that ocean effect, where the the, the sea spray gets carried into the air. You know, they put the deposits on the vineyards, and even though the wind currents dries it off, it stays there and it gets you know mingles in with the soil on the vines, and you get that nice minerality that's picked up in these wines. So, sort of to to um, you know, Lacrima Christi is a very distinctive wine, uh, and. Um, it has a few legends. You say, how did it get the, the name, A Tears of Christ? Mm -hmm. You know? So uh, Karen McNeil, who uh, was is the author of The Wine Bible, it's an excellent book, uh, covers all the, uh, the wine-growing countries and regions across the world. It's a thick book. It's in uh, uh, soft cover. costs about $34 now in its third edition. But she tells you everything about the grapes, the, the, the region, the customs, the culture, the food. She breaks it down in an easy style, and she's a great writer. Everything is uh, interesting and enticing. So she 
she puts in there the story of Lacrima Christi, the legend behind it. No, and um, and the, the and I, I wrote I wrote them down here. Um, so, in the first legend, uh, she she writes when Jesus Christ ascended to heaven, he marveled at the beauty of the Bay of Naples, and he cried. His tears landed on the ashen slopes of Vesuvius, and vines miraculously appeared. So that's where the that's where the grapevine comes. That's that's the first one. The second one, okay, when the angel Lucifer fell from heaven in disgrace, Christ cried tears of sadness that fell on Vesuvius and produced the wines miraculously. That's number two. Now the third legend is a little more practical. Okay, um, local monks uh, who did not have the benefit of modern uh, winery equipment passed the wine through heavy canvas uh, to, f- to filter the wines out. They didn't have any filter uh, filtration equipment, causing it to drop into the vats, and the, the, the drops looked With like tears. tears. Yeah. So That's they called right. it the, uh, the tears of Christ. Hmm. What do you think is closer to the truth? That one there. Oh, I like number one, but yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. So, uh, Lucifer was wrongly accused, poor yeah, guy. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, in my, in my, and I've been drinking this wine, uh, you know, every year during uh, during uh, uh, Lent, and, and it's it's difficult to get because you have to go to an Italian wine store. Uh, Mike and I had the um, had the uh, good fortune of being in the North End. Uh, a couple of weeks ago when we went to wine tasting mm-hmm. um, a, a Boston bottle, yeah. Yeah. Commercial Street, and we, we, we saw a couple of bottles there, and uh, we picked them up. This this Sorrentino brand, I've had the Mastro Berardino brand, and there's a story behind that, uh, but the Sorrentino is very good. This only costs $17 a bottle, mm-hmm. and it's a, a very light, fresh... It's a different wine that's enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wine and I like the, it's got a, a kind of a, a, a fruit pier uh, mm-hmm, or exotic mm-hmm, taste, mm-hmm. but it's 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 um, oh it's 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 good, nice acidity. It's not like a Sauvignon Blanc where sometimes you get overwhelmed by that acidity and stuff. This is much milder, easy drinking. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh huh. Very easy drinking. Yep. We're I, drinking it here at nine o'clock in the morning, so it's got to be easy drinking. It is. But the finish on it is very, very nice, very uplifting, and um, and you're right. It's got that that bittersweet. Sweet. It's so, yeah, yeah, nice. It uh, tells you two different things. Nice uh, contrast. Nice yeah, contrast. Yeah, yeah. So there is another famous brand uh, of um, of Lacrima Christi, and it's by the producer who saved the grape. It's uh, the Mastro Berardino family. Uh, from near Avellino, which is just uh, out, uh, which is around uh, one of the slopes in um, in uh, uh, Vesuvius. There's a famous uh, World War II battle fought there. Uh, but um, uh, so the, uh, they wanted to try to look into uh, uh, long uh, forgotten and, and grapes that had almost been extinct. So they hired um, Italian archaeologists to uh, go through uh, some of the volcanic ash to, to find the DNA 
from seeds that might have been in those the ash because at one time there had been uh, uh, vineyard slopes in that area and stuff. And sure enough, they found the DNA uh, and the, this, the seeds, and they were able to uh, reconstruct uh, some of those original um, um, grapes, mm -hmm. and they replanted vineyards in and around the same area. This was in the 1990s. And so the Master uh, uh, Berardino family is responsible for rescuing uh, the, the Vesuvio, the Vesuvio vineyards that are there to this day and thriving. And that includes the grapes uh, Greco, uh, Falangina, and even Aglianico, which which uh, in Campania is, is their, their most noble red grape. You got the Torasi uh, Aglianico, which is just, uh, uh, it's described as the Barolo of the South. It's just, a, it's just a great wine. So there is a lot of history behind this grape. It's a great wine uh, for Lent. You should try to pick up a bottle of Vino Italiano, uh, also, uh, also sells it. Uh, I've got a column. That would be, uh, I'll be right, uh, well, uh, it, it, uh, I'll be sending it to Teddy. He'll be posting it on the InsideLowell.com uh, website, uh, hopefully um, by the end of the day. And um, and you can read it and read about some other Lenten wines that, um, that uh, uh, are good for this period with fish dishes and, and light pasta dishes, uh, meatless dishes and stuff. Uh, so uh, you can enjoy it. But I tell you, you put this bottle on your, mm. on your table, but it's not only a good tasting wine, but you can it, you learn a little about the history. You can talk about it and people, it's an enticing story, you know. Like I said, past shows, some of these wines, you've never heard of the grape, you try them and they are interesting and some are good, some aren't. So that, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, that, yeah. I've never heard of that grape. And uh, yeah, so take a look at my column. I go a little into more detail. I also describe the Mastro Berardino uh, version, which is a little more austere and, and, uh, than, than this one. But they're both fresh. They're both fresh wines, uh, exciting wines. The Mastro Berardino costs about $22 a bottle. And, um, and they're both DOC wines, the Vesuvio DOC. So just think about it. it it's, it's, a, it's a place, a rare place, unique place in Italy and the world where these these wines just thrive in that location mm -hmm, mm -hmm. around that volcano, and uh, it, it's uh, it's just amazing how agriculture how agriculture yep, yep, works yep. And, and and what they can what they can do. So now moving along, you gonna drink that or yeah? Because we want to talk about the red version also. Here's the red version. You can see it. You can see the picture of the, the vineyards and Vesuvio. In the background here. That's nice. And um, that's a nice yeah. wine. And this is from the Pideroso grape, which means uh, red foot. The pigeon's red foot. Mike there, Pigeon. There you go. Yeah. There's a there's a local pigeon in in, in, uh, in the area, and actually, um, some people say it's from the stem of the grape cluster, which turns red during the harvest, and then others say it's from the pigeon, the bird in the area that has red feet. As long as it doesn't have clay feet, I think. That's good. Like, you know, no clay pigeons. Yeah. So, so 
Piedoroso is, is another ancient rare grape. You never hear, hear of Piedoroso, but it, it grows in Campania, and uh, it's been used as a blending partner uh, for many years for, um, for Aglianico. Uh, and um, they use it in small amounts to soften the texture and to give aromatics. So didn't you say that meant the tears of Christ? Yes. Well, how can they both be the tears of Christ when one's red? Red wouldn't be the tears. Well, that's the, that's the name that's of the wine. It, it's from the oh, okay. it's the tears of Christ. They have a red version and a, and a, and a white version, but they're both um from uh the same, same area, area the same okay. area the slopes yeah. and they have uh, vines that produce the, the red and the white grape but peter rosso is another ancient rare grape that was saved in that uh mestral mm. uh, berardino project which you can read in karen mcneil's book she's got a little passage about it it's absolutely fascinating uh the why uh you know a family would be so uh close to the regional local and and uh, uh you know respect the terroir to find these grapes and revive them but what do you think of the it does have a little more fragrance than the than the um than the white and look at that color. It's got uh, almost a, a real dark ruby red, but it's it, it's not a thick color. But I guess you can see, uh, yeah, you can just about see your fingers through the bottom of the glass. But it reminds me of a Pinot Noir in color, you know? You brought two good wines today. Hmm. Not too dry. Not at all. Wow. Once again, that nice minerality mm. at the end, but it's got a lot of cherry. Yep. Yeah, uh, cherry. Rustic, uh, like a rustic herb. And, you know, once again, the terroir where this comes from, the, you know, uh, if you've seen the Bay of Naples, I have a photo on it on my column that will run. And, and I put in the story, if you saw the Bay of, Maple, Bay of Naples in the Amalfi Coast, the beauty, uh, you, you'll, you'll uh, cry tears too about it. It's so, it's so beautiful and stuff. But this has got a nice, uh, elegant taste. Mm. Reminds me a little of the San Giovasi we had a couple of weeks ago. It's, uh, yeah, San Giovasi, a little bolder though. Yeah, this yeah. is a more, this is a milder version. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very nice. It's got a flinty finish or something. There's a, uh, it's a herb, like an herby, flinty uh, finish. So the point is, they're very distinctive wines where um, the tastes are uh, truly, you know, unique, and and um, and they give off that 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 feel of the land, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. Campania, uh, and uh, they're 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 just um, great great. Uh, uh, Great representations, I think, of the area, and the two uh, the two great uh, uh, I think wines for Lent. Um, and uh, do you have any favorite? Uh, I know you you know you're, you're not religious and stuff, and, and you don't have to be. But Italian white wines besides Pinot Grigio? No, I'll take as long as they whatever take, I'm pouring. Whatever you'll take. you're pouring, yeah. 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 So yeah. how would you rate uh, each one of these wines? How would you? You mean on a hundred scale? Yeah. 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 Uh, well, they're, they're, to me, they're certainly above 87 or 88. They're above that. I, but, mm. but not 99, 90, 91. 90, yeah, 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 I think I'm... So, I think so uh, um, uh, Venus, uh, Venus uh, uh, Media, 
which has some of the best Italian wine critics in the world, have both given these wines 89 points, yeah. which are pretty good. They're both seven, $17, and they, they uh, taste very well. So go to my, uh, uh, take a look at my column, read more about these wines, and I make some other suggestion uh, suggestions on white wines for Lent, including uh, Vermentino, uh, and Suave. Oh, Suave is one of the, uh, is a great uh, is a great wine with uh, with fish and and um, shellfish, seafood, and pasta dishes. So take a look at that. Now we get some house cleaning to do before we we sign off here. Uh, we had Craig Kandorf on several weeks ago. The show. He's from Lowell. He he's the national sales director for Cynthia Hurley uh, French Wines in Needham, and he is in, in that show. We unveiled his new canned wines. Uh, well, he just got a um, a ninety point rating from Wine uh, Enthusiast Magazine for his canned Pinot Noir. It's called um, uh, the uh, Hands-off wines, H-O-W, hands-off wines. Pretty good, huh, from a guy from Lowell? I would have named it hands-on wine, but yeah. rather than hands-off. But that's, that's excellent. That's yeah. ex- and, and it's a can. I wouldn't expect that. Yeah, it's so, I mean, and uh, it, it was reportedly one of the highest scores ever received by a canned wine reviewed by wine hmm. uh, enthusiasts. Hmm. So good luck to Craig. Yeah. If you see the, those uh, those wines, you should pick them up. The Pinot Noir is from Germany, uh, and uh, it's a uh, it's a great um, it's a great thing for co- the upcoming summer parties, patio parties, and uh, and uh, we can thank Craig for that. The other thing I know this is late notice, but tomorrow at the Wine Connection in North Andover, BZ Bobby Zahn will be signing off after 40 years in, in the wine industry. He'll be pouring his favorite wines from 1 to 4 p.m. at, uh, uh, at the Wine Connection. Now, Bob Zahn, I met him about eight years ago. He's been a, a, one of the top salesmen, wine salesmen in New England for years for several major companies. But the thing I always liked about Bobby, he'd never push a wine that he himself didn't like. That's true. A very friendly guy, too. Yes, but yes. Uh, even without him, the wine, out the wine connection, it's a good take when he has those wine points. Yes. But what Bobby did, that'd be nice to give him a nice uh, send-off. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so if you get a chance, come by uh, the wine connection. Uh, Bobby Zahn will be there. He's always funny, always knowledgeable, and it, it, it should be a good time. It's a free wine tasting from one to four. And the other thing is uh, we, I just received my wine allocation, my 2020 wine allocation from uh, Drew Bledsoe's mm-hmm. uh, family winery. Uh, we're going to be trying to get Drew on for a later date in April uh he'll we'll have to do it remotely he can't come into the studio he's out in washington state and uh hopefully uh, uh we can uh, uh work that that out so stay stay tuned we'll we'll talk about drew's wines and uh, maybe if you could get mike kunzler to offer him a round of golf out there it is beautiful yeah. course at four oaks he'd have drew come in and uh play some golf and yeah. go on teddy's show mike uh mike kunzler is a good friend of uh drew yep. bledsoe's he, Drew has been up to uh, to Grazi and and uh, several times uh, to talk about his wines. Uh, always a good night. Uh, so yeah, that might be. A, we're trying to get Mike on, Mike in also in in April. I talked with him. He's he's now vacationing, but he said he's he's willing to come on. So good. that would be good. 
So any closing thoughts to the our audience out there? No. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day. And how do you wish somebody a happy Lent when you're giving something <laughs> up? <laughs> Very good. Uh, I guess you say, uh, may the Lord be may with you. May the Lord you, be you know. with you. But uh, have a good day, everybody, and thanks for watching. Good day. Ciao.